0: Welcome to The Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hylia Park, where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to The Jockey Club. Welcome back to the Jockey Club. My name is Dan Delgado. We are up to episode 11, which means that we are doing the 11th scene of Let It Ride. And really, it is the 11th scene according to me. Some scenes are going to be combined into episodes, so just keep that in mind. This is the scene where Trotter gives the tape to the trainer and the businessman. With me to discuss this scene is James David Patrick. James not only has three first names, but he's also the host of the Cinema Shame podcast and the writer of the official Netflix DVD blog. And if you're playing along at home, this is from minute 2912 to minute 3204. All right, now let's head on up to my usual table at the Jockey Club to discuss the 11th scene of Let It Ride. Okay, now, James, there there's a very specific reason that I wanted you to do this scene in particular. And it's right at the very beginning of the scene. And I don't know if you caught it or if you didn't catch it. But it's when Trotter... Is it the
1: jingly fate music that happens?
0: It is not the jingly fate music, but yes, we will discuss that in just a moment. It's before the jingly fate. It's right around that time. It's just before. When he walks out of the bar. Do you, Yes. Can, can you imagine... Or picture what is on the screen
1: oh he walks out of the bar yeah yeah
0: it's something that you and i kind of have discussed it's right
1: it's right hands in his pockets he grabs the tape it's above his head as he's walking out of the bar The the bar sign the bar sign the bar sign up there yeah what do you know what it says does it does it say marty's yes it does Oh, see, I didn't even look. I, had, I didn't even think about that. I, I rewatched it twice today. The whole, the whole scene, like pausing and looking at the screen and taking right? in all that mise en scène, and I didn't even notice it. I must have paused it after it was on the screen.
0: It's so barely noticeable. It's that it's a terrible looking green awning, and I think it's orange yeah. letters. And you can barely notice it, but because you and I have been discussing it, I'm kind of looking for where it's going to say Marty's. And uh, we can now put the
1: Lucky Horseshoe Cafe to rest for for good. Well, I'm glad it's in there somewhere, you know? Absolutely. And maybe it featured more prominently elsewhere. But if that's what we get, I'm happy now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could show up
0: somewhere else in the movie. I have not done the close examination throughout the entire film yet. I don't
1: think there's any other shots outside the bar, though.
0: I don't think so. I'm I'm a little surprised we got this one to be honest. Okay, so then the next thing that happens is exactly what you're talking about is the the jingly, the chimes, the fate music that swells up briefly. It's telling us that something is going on with Trotter. What do you explain this?
1: it's the a new timeline has been created
0: <laughs> is this because he's got his 24 hours his one good day that he's been looking for and and these <laughs> fate chimes are letting us know or it's pointing him in the right direction like that's when he gets the the it's the moment of ideation for him oh i'm not going to just go home i'm now going to go over here Right. This is
1: the moment that it's not just the one bet. Yes. He walks out. He's got his cash stuffed in his loafers. Yes. And he finds that tape in his pocket that he's still holding on to. And he taps the tape, and he's like, "Okay, I don't know what I'm going to do." So he goes back to the track. But this is interesting because we've just had the conversation in the bar, and his line that ends that scene is, "A winner knows when it's time to quit." Yeah. But but it wasn't time to quit. But he's really just going there. With the
0: idea of I'm gonna give these guys the tape.
1: Right. He has no intention.
0: He's not betting. He's not betting. In fact, he's under the impression he's doing some sort of like a, a good thing. I'm gonna give these guys this tape.
1: Right. It's like his goodwill offerings. Like, I just wanted to say thank you for speaking about your horse racing scams in sort of a public <laughs> form. Hey, no. This if
0: you think about it, this really is sort of an odd thing to do. Wouldn't you just just toss the tape away rather than give it to these guys.
1: You just toss the tape and pretend it exists. <laughs> exactly right. The the conversation, yeah. the conversation that he then enters into is sort of predictable in that Trotter who is not exactly the criminal type. He may have transgressed a few times in his past, but he's not a criminal and he goes to people who he knows for a fact are right, you know, if not criminals in, in that little gray area. Because they're, they're manipulating horse races. And, and even the manipulation isn't in itself illegal, what they're doing. He goes in and he's a little bit afraid of them. You can see in his face, he's nervous. The guy approaches him and he's talking about, is this is the only tape? And, and he's not quite so comfortable at the first half of his conversation with who, I mean, the guy who is known as the trainer and the businessman.
0: Yeah, you know, if you see... Trotter, who, who, yes,
1: he's not a particularly intimidating looking guy. And they reinforce this with the framing of the scene. Yeah. The scene in the conversation, we, maybe we've skipped over some introductory business here, but we're moving on. So the, the way that Pitka films this scene is sort of a medium shot, and it forces the perspective of the three of them into very close proximity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's condensed the space between them. So it looks like Trotter is almost a little child looking up at them from about two inches away. Yes, yes. They they look way more intimidating than he does. He
0: looks really tiny. They look really big. Mm -hmm. I don't know how tall these gentlemen are, but they look like they're over six feet. Trotter looks like he's about 5'2 in this scene. Just, Just no doubt about it. And so he comes up, and then he starts to, like, just imagine the explanation. I have a friend. He drives a cab. He has this weird hobby where he likes to record people in the back seat. Like if you are these guys and someone is walking up to you with this tape after you've just fixed a race, in a sense, I'm a little surprised. Well, I guess it's because these guys are not hardened criminals. You almost get the impression that maybe this is the first time that they've done something like this because they're they're breathing such heavy sighs of relief as he's walking up. If they were the wrong type of guy, Trotter might not be able to finish his story before he gets a... Not- no, he's not going to make another bet. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, right? He's getting a, a bump on the head and uh, he might be, you know, waking up in a lake or not at all,
1: right? Yeah, it's, it's a very... Like you said, it's a very strange confession. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So in that context, it's what are you doing exactly, but... We need this narratively. It's a narrative convenience to propel the rest of the story forward because we've just had the winner knows when it's time to quit. Like he's decided that this is it. I've taken my winnings. I've got enough for blah, 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 blah. And that's good enough for me. But we we need that extra kick to really compel him to become the second half trotter which is an entirely different animal from the guy who's walking away from the track. <laughs> that, that's absolutely correct, yes. So, yeah, this is true, because otherwise
0: Trotter goes home and then, the, I don't know, the movie's over or we watch him buy flowers for Pam and go have a nice dinner. Like, that's it. That's, yeah, right. That's the end of the movie otherwise. But... And, and then it's like he a uh, marriage story. Yeah. With Terry Gar. <laughs> <laughs> so instead these guys and, and obviously here's actually really good example of the fact that they're probably not really seasoned at doing this kind of thing is that they really want to make Trotter happy and so hey let me give you a tip on another horse
1: One yeah they, they don't want him they don't want, just in case yes we're gonna we're gonna keep this guy happy because if he's happy he's not gonna say anything to anybody about the things we're doing yes so hey I have this other horse, and I have it on good authority because this guy, he's never had a grand. The only grand he's seen is the Grand Canyon. And if he—if he's betting a grand, it's in the bag. He's not, he's not going to throw a grand away on a frivolous bet. That's right. And And this horse, let's just discuss this for a, a
0: brief moment here, James. The horse is named Faith Healer faith healer what do right. you what, what do we think about this name what does it mean
1: well we had charity yes which was the gift which, to him right That's, which was the gift yes self-explanatory and faith healer i was kind of stewing on this today as well like thinking about the the names of the horses and, and what they could mean within the movie and, and maybe this is this is a bit too far for let it ride analysis, specifically in terms of how the horse dysfunction beyond faith healer. But you can take a look at faith healer and say, well, he's walking away. He's kind of disillusioned with the whole process because he's not blowing all the money at the track. Like everybody always does coming off this conversation with Marty in the bar. Right. And he's telling the story about, you know, this guy and this guy had to drop his pants. Or I can't remember the, the exact line, but that, he, he rat holed the five.
0: <laughs> so awful. What an awful story to say. <laughs> yeah. Christ. Just meant to humiliate. Just an awful story.
1: Go ahead. But it's almost like he's had his faith, you know, reinstated in the process of gambling. In, in the process of risking something to be great which again if we're putting this in the context of some sort of gambling addiction this is a problematic healing yes yes it is oh wow yeah it's a problematic so, healing. Absolutely. Uh, i don't i don't really want to look that's at so it that funny <laughs> that is so funny we're I, trying to get him back to the track to blow that's all right the money. see now i I have always looked uh, at
0: the horses names like all all of the horses names as though they were symbolic of like charity obvious faith healer yes this is what's going to mm-hmm. get him back into the track and back thinking that oh yeah I'm in the game this is what's going to like <laughs> this horse is going to change how he is the rest of the day because from from this point
1: on he's not going home he is not leaving Right well it's like the it's at like the gambling yeah. thing right so every bet could change your life i mean that's the little seed that gets planted in the gambler that that every hand every race every everything you bet could change your life mm. and that's what he's getting at right here in that charity didn't change his life he just analyzed the money he's got he's got no money like he's paying off parking tickets he's buying something for his wife and he's got like that's every dollar is spoken for, and there's nothing really left. Pretty much, that's right. It's like he hasn't won anything, really. It, it, that's that was the, that's how he's looking at it right now. He's walking away, having won seven hundred and twenty dollars. Seven hundred and ten. But walking away, even yeah. really, yeah, that's right. He he had spent it all as he's getting it. That's right. There's uh before he's even left the track, he's got it all spent on things, yes. necessities. So this is the faith that's being restored is his faith in the gambling system. Now today is going to change his life. It's not going to perpetuate some sort mm-hmm. of stasis. Hmm.
0: This is true. This is exactly how I saw it. And, you know, I kind of let's see, I'm trying to think of how I thought of Fleet Dreams, but I, I did kind of look at that. It's like, okay, now we're kind of, you know, not to be corny, we're kind of off to the races now. Now we're we're full speed ahead mm-hmm. and hot to try. Obviously we hot, hot to try is clearly it's just the most right. obvious, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most obvious naming in the movie. Right. But yes, yeah, so I've always thought that all of the horses, all those names have specific meanings to them.
1: All right. So now we're going to go. So side, sidetrack here for a second. I was in a coffee shop earlier today and I can't help, but listen to like, I'm supposed to be right. doing work. Uh, I was waiting to pick my daughter up from an event, and I tend to get involved—not actively, but I tend to listen closely when a when a conversation repeatedly catches okay. my attention. And this—it was one of those elder gentlemen imparting decades of wisdom onto a younger human. Of I, I do not know uh, familiar relations, well, what their exact okay. relationship was. The conversation was not clear in okay. that regard. It was. Yes. But he used the term spiritual compulsion on three spiritual occasions. Spiritual
0: compulsion. Okay.
1: And this weaved in and around politics and life. And it was a fascinating conversation. And I wish I could have documented some more specifics. But the only thing I wrote down was spiritual compulsion. And part of me was like, you know what? I could name a horse spiritual.
0: Compulsion. Oh, that's a good name.
1: Yeah. You know, that, and you know what? <laughs> And I felt like it was a let it ride. It was like it's it's a let it ride moment. Spiritual that, compulsion is this moment. It is is him propelled back to the track? That's the spiritual compulsion, and that's why I heard this conversation.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because if if nothing else, those fate chimes that we hear throughout the movie, they feel supernatural. They feel somewhat spiritual. Yep. Like every time it happens. It's like, oh, and and something will change for Trotter. He will realize something. He will notice something. He will tap the tape and then think, you know what? Before I go home, let me go ahead and do this one good deed, right? And so it's his good deed that's getting rewarded, right? Because it was his spiritual compulsion to give that tape away rather than to let it fall back into Looney's hands on accident, right? Looney asked for it back so he could record more people.
1: Right. And he would definitely go try and Absolutely blackmail them. them. Like that's what Looney would definitely yes. use that as a blackmail component to pay off his Packer's debt. So really, it's it, sure, so that makes my sense. I'm glad we're talking about this, you see, because now we have a reason for Trotter turning yes, the tape. That's true. In that he's keeping it out of Looney's hands. The only way to be sure, like discarding the tape, he could yeah. find it. Smashing it, he could re- he could re-spool it. <laughs> Highly He's protecting his
0: friend. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I don't know if it's the next. No, it's a couple of scenes later. We have that conversation where where Looney comes in and says, "Hey, with this, right. with that tape, what do you think? We could blackmail the, them." And and Charles like, "Look, I just spared you from a prison sentence by giving that away. You'd be grateful that that I did this. You know, kind of for you in a way. Like, I don't know if Tras was." thinking that necessarily but yeah i'm sorry what are we calling that again spiritual spiritual guidance spiritual compulsion compulsion. you know what? i am now typing this down (laughs) spiritual compulsion i'm gonna what category of film is let it ride oh it's in the spiritual compulsion category
1: and that chime is the universal universal marker for a spiritual redirection
0: Oh man, is it ever like you hear chimes like yeah. that? It it doesn't necessarily feel creepy. It feels like oh, some something kind of magical. Something or, magical is about to. Happen. Or yeah, something something now it's something spiritual is about to happen, mm-hmm. and it's gonna guide you to go and uh, give the tape back to the horse owners.
1: Okay, so <laughs> and while we're talking about Looney for a second, I had I had a relative yeah. to add from your conversation with your brother. Oh, you were oh, talking okay. about Looney relatives, and while I was listening yes. to the podcast, yes, I had one pop into my head immediately. All right, oh, so it's his older brother me.
0: from Philly. Oh, okay, so it's a different guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's his older brother from Philly, Bert Young. Right. <laughs> Bert Young. <laughs> Bert
0: Young. All right, now Bert Young. You know who Burt Young kind of looks like? Who's in this movie a, a little bit? It's it's the um, it's the guy in the bathroom, who's you know yeah this dollar will buy four minutes tuition. Like he looks like <laughs> that guy a little bit
1: to me, right? <laughs> you're, you're saying <laughs> you the have a nice, have some nice beer, line. I'm like Burt Young would say, "Have some nice beer." Oh, that is at, You know what? You're so right.
0: That's an excellent point. It's, like it's that,
1: not necessarily the physical appearance, but the attitude. The Bert attitude. Burt Young, like Bert yeah, Young they're, they're, is always sort of that character. But I think Burt Young, like in this loony relative world, right? like the real life Burt Young story kind of like slips in nicely because he was an actual boxer and had quite a good record. But then you're imagining that he was betting against himself and winning. Like uh, winning the fight and and betting against himself, like that's the kind uh, of loser that Looney is. So he's he's he was crooked, is what you're telling me. No, no. See, he's betting he's betting against himself, but then winning the fight. So oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. That's so he, that kind of loser. I see. Ah, oh, there's no way I'm gonna
0: win this. I better bet on the other guy, and then he wins, and and then yeah, I don't gotcha. know what
1: I'm gonna do. I don't
0: know. Oh, why'd I have to knock that guy out jeez now look what I did it's like he just
1: <laughs> fell into my fist yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that <sighs> okay so that, that that was just what was running through my head when uh, you know I had to mark that
0: down. no 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 I I love it and if you could think of anybody else in the looney family tree feel free to just keep that in mind for for any future I'll, I'll keep
1: it rolling so, I, I I was I was thinking about it today. Uh, a little yeah. bit, but I didn't. I didn't come up with anything better than than like younger, older brother Burt Young. So
0: no, no, that that I think it plays. I think it plays, especially <laughs> now that you mentioned like, yeah, just haven't like that that line and Burt Young, to have a nice beer, have some yeah. nice beer. It it, it have just some nice together. beer, have right. some nice beer. Now the last and kind of maybe the, well, no, not the most important thing, but something that will definitely come into play in just a couple of scenes here is here. Take my seat to the jockey club. Take my seat to the jockey club.
1: This is a it's big very moment. important to your podcast. It's very it's, important to your podcast.
0: It's very important. It is. It's very important. Who knows what this this podcast otherwise this podcast What would it be
1: called if not for that line? And I do have something to tell you about the script and that line.
0: Okay, well all right. So one the podcast would, would have to be called Marty's, I think. <laughs> Or or the Lucky Horseshoe Cafe, it, right? Be a tough, Which would be
1: erroneously a, named Lucky yeah, Horseshoe exactly. Cafe. <laughs> that would be very confusing for the faithful.
0: And and on episode eleven, I'd realize, oh, what a mistake I've made.
1: Okay, and
0: I don't know what the other thing I was going to say is. So tell me wh- about the screenplay.
1: That line's not in the screenplay.
0: No. <laughs> oh my goodness! Really. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Take my seat to the jockey so, club. So.
1: Not there. It is not. So the the character known just as Trainer, who's that, the guy yeah. that hands him the jockey club and the jockey club tickets and the tie or whatever. The, the, yeah. He says, he a few tie. extra box seats. And that's it.
0: Uh, huh. Box seats. Not yeah. Not the same. Not the same at all. No. But okay. Nope. Because. You know, because now we, we've kind of tied it in because that is where we already know. that's where Trotter aspires to go. So it is just like just like the idea of faith healer. this is something that he's been looking for. He's been longing to get into the jockey club. That's earlier in the movie, we already know I belong in in the jockey club talking to guys with all their teeth, right? So this is a big deal for like the smile that comes on Trotter's face. When he gives him, oh, that's, you know, take my seat. To that's, the, it's the biggest smile he has in the movie. It's a beautiful moment. <laughs> it really is. Like, he's so happy. He's yep. so, he's quiet, but he's so, like, you can see that he's literally just beaming
1: with it's joy. Beaming. It's, it's the the Cheshire Cat grin, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's the biggest smile you can like. If you're imagining the biggest smile, Richard drivers could possibly plaster on his face like he's getting himself (laughs) psyched up before the scene to really get the corners of his mouth really up there. And it seems to go beyond the laws of his physical face. (laughs) He's so happy when he receives the jockey club and the tie. And that's when that scene turns. Like, we talked about him being nervous and uncertain. And after they talk about the horse, you know, who knows? Put a couple bucks on him. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Take the seat. And that's when the whole thing shifts. His nervousness disappears. And this is the confident, like, giggly trotter. And he's rather subdued, like, in terms of the movie for this scene compared to. There's no... There's no trotterisms, no big outbursts here. He's mostly Mm -hmm. playing it pretty straight until the grin.
0: Yeah, the grin is is fairly comical, I'd say. Yeah, but kind of wonderful at the same time, right? Because it just feels like... It's it's uh, perfect. It's the perfect reaction. It's this culmination of a lifetime of work uh, in his mind. (laughs) Like this is this is what I've been building for. This is what I've been working for my
1: entire life. It's, it's like the childhood dreams kind of smile. It's like yeah, exactly. Someone right. like you've aspired to be an astronaut, and at ten years old, someone says, "Here, you may go to Mars." And you're like, "Oh, can I?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's to
0: the it's to the jockey club at the track. <laughs> like, like as we're talking about, as you put it in in terms like that, yeah, it. Suddenly it's like, wow, what a, what a very small accomplishment it actually is for you, Trotter, if you think about it, going to that jockey club. But he's so damn happy. Oh, man, I love it. And then he yeah. gives that fant- that fantastic thumbs up at the end. The thumbs up as he walks away, like this, the glance back. Yes, which I always remember that from the ads, I, like the TV ads, was that thumbs up. And I think it's in the trailer also, like kind of like at the end. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This looks like it's fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Jockey Club. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dan Delgado. Thank you to my guest, James David Patrick. Look for James's podcast, Cinema Shame, wherever you got this podcast from. There's also going to be a link to it in the show notes. Our theme music is from Epidemic Sound. Our cover art is by Sean LeBring. If you enjoyed this episode, and I certainly hope that you did, well then you can help out the show by giving a small donation by clicking the buy me a coffee link that's in the show notes. That's right. You just go ahead and click it and it brings you to a web page. It's a very simple thing and it makes me feel nice and warm inside. But... If you're saying to yourself, Dan, I can't do that. I've got a strange tip on a horse that a mysterious man gave me, and I'm saving all my pennies for it. Well, then, of course, this is something that I understand. You can still support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. If it's on Overcast, if it's on CastBox, there's all kinds of places that you can leave a review. So go ahead, don't be shy, and don't leave anything less than five stars, because otherwise it hurts my feelings. Now, if you need, you can contact me through email. It is dan at moviemaker.com. I am on Twitter constantly. It's at underscore dan underscore Delgado. And even better, I'm on the Repod app, which is a great way to not only to listen to podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts like myself find it in your app store come on by and say hello this has been Dan Delgado for the Jockey Club and remember sometimes you could be walking around lucky and not know it